I assume it's my turn now. I never know, you know. <laughs> Love uh, the informality of it all. I, um, we're going we're gonna to do a study on, on Sunday nights. That I, I know you've uh, been studying what, uh, some other denominations and other religions and things along those lines, but uh, I want to kind of take us in a different direction uh, on the Sunday nights that we're going to be here. Um, this morning, I mean, this afternoon when I got home, I, I, I checked Facebook. I may be almost 70, but I still read, I still read Facebook, and uh, I check on there all the time. Matter of fact, I, I was, <laughs> I was uh, going through some pictures that my, my son and my daughter-in-law live in a place called Thompson Station, Station uh, Tennessee, which is just south of Nashville. Uh, my daughter and her husband are military. They live in Fort Worth, Texas, but my uh, my daughter-in-law took some. Found, we found some pictures, some old pictures that were just snapshots. I mean, they they were. That's all they were. And I said, "Well, I'd like to get these digital." And so, uh, she said, "I'll put them. Uh, you know, I'll do that for you." And so she scanned them and made them digital and sent them to me. And I got the pictures. And then I was trying to. I was trying to save them into the. Uh, I, I thought into my photos file. So I, I clicked on all three, uh, you know, and it said it, it had a thing here, you know, a little box so you click. And the next thing I knew, all three of them were on Facebook, you know, and, uh, and, and listen, this is what they were. It was a picture, it was uh, Joyce and I, it was our wedding picture, which was in August of 1970. This year will be 48 years old, and, and I, I wore my hair a little differently uh, 40, 48 years ago, you know, and, and uh, there, there were two pictures of that, and then there was a picture of a band that I was in, a rock and roll band that I was in uh, before I met Joyce, and it was uh, me and three other guys that were in the band, and so uh, when I saw that, I said, well, now how'd that get on there like that? And then people started posting, no, oh, I like this, oh, I love the picture, and I'm thinking, it, it looks like I'm craving attention, you know what I'm saying? You know, please say something nice about my picture, you know, and that, that, that's kind of what I felt. But, but anyway, we've had over 400 clicks, uh, likes on these pictures and everything, and several comments and all of that. But anyway, as I was reading through Facebook, uh, someone posted, uh, I'm not going to tell you who it was. Well, it's probably, it's probably one of my friends that you don't know. But anyway, here's what it said. Um, please say a little prayer. God knows why. Please, please pray a little prayer. So I prayed, now I lay me down to sleep. You know, I debated whether to do that or God is great, God is good. I, I didn't know which one, but I, I thought about it. You know, um, I think over, over the years, I, I think one of the things that's happened is uh, we, we don't really get prayer. I mean, I'm not sure that we understand uh, what exactly that's about. Uh, uh, many times when someone has a tragedy or an accident, they'll say, I'm sending prayers to you. And I'll think, well, they can't answer the prayers. You know, you want to talk to God when you take, you don't pray to people. Now, I know what they mean. They mean we're praying for you. And they, they want to let them know, but, but they use the, use the word to, I'm, I'm praying to you. So I, I thought what I would do is, is uh, talk to you just a little bit tonight about prayer. And we're going to look at several scriptures, and I'm going to throw uh, Mark off a little bit up there, or, or whoever is up there. I would like to go first to Ecclesiastes chapter 5. So if you have a Bible, please, please get it out uh, and, and use it. For those of you that don't know, that's in the Old Testament. 
Let me see. If I, as soon as I can find out what page it is, I'll tell you, and then you can look it up by the page. Ecclesiastes chapter 5, considered to be the, the, wisdom, the wisdom of Solomon. Um, most of us are familiar with uh, the, the scripture that we prayed this morning uh, when Jesus taught his disciples to pray, may your kingdom come or thy kingdom come, thy what? Will be done. May, may your kingdom come and may your will be done. We're, when we're praying, we're talking about the will of God. May God's will be done. Now, uh, this passage right here, let me, I got to set it up for you before I, before I tell you what I'm wearing. Uh, in the first service this morning, were any of you here for the first service this morning? A couple of you? Oh, really? Okay. Well, you know, I, I was telling you that, that um, part of my uh, normal routine of studying the Bible and praying in the mornings was interrupted a couple of years ago. And uh, where I normally would pray, then read the scriptures, then journal. That was my routine. Pray, read the scripture, and read the journals, and, and journal. And then a, a couple of years ago, I was reading, uh, I read sequentially in my daily study. I normally, my daily time with the Lord is composed of an Old Testament scripture, a New Testament scripture, and normally a psalm. I like to, to get in that. And, and I'll just read, you know, I'll start Genesis 1, and the next day Genesis 2, and I'll just read straight on like that, and then Matthew 1, Matthew 2, and then come back and read the Psalms. And normally my wife and I read the Psalms together. But when I was reading through a couple of years ago and I got to Ecclesiastes in the Old Testament reading, I read this verse. This is Ecclesiastes 5, verses 1 and 2. Guard your steps when you go to the house of God. To draw near to listen is better than to offer the sacrifice of fools, for they do not know that they're doing evil. Be not rash with your mouth, nor let your heart be hasty to utter a word before God, for God is in heaven and you are on earth, therefore let your words be few. Now whenever you see the word therefore in the scripture, you need to find out why it is therefore, what it is therefore. And I, I was reading through this, and as I'm reading through this, I'm thinking, wow, be not rash with your mouth. Do not let your heart be hasty to utter a word before God. And then when he goes on to say, he said, for God is in heaven and you are on earth. And I, uh, often when I don't really grasp what God is trying to say to, him, to me through his word, I have, to, I have to do, it's called scripture meditation or reflection or whatever. But I will just go over and over that verse until I, I say, Lord, what are you trying to say to me right here? What is it you're trying to say? That God says, don't be hasty to utter a word before God. And it's like the word for there is a connector that's like saying the word because. And what it's saying is don't be hasty to utter a word before God because God is in heaven and you are on earth. And, and as I reflected, I said, Lord, what, what are you trying to tell? I know, is this just a fact? God is in heaven and I'm not? Or is God trying to show me something deeper? That he's trying to show me that when I come before God, and, and I'm using this in the, in the sense of prayer, when I come before God to pray, and I start praying, 
I don't have God's perspective on what to pray. I don't really know what to pray. Now, I, I can know, you know the needs that I have and, and the petitions that I might have or, or if someone has asked me to pray about this or to pray about that. I, I know there are these petitions and I know God wants to hear them. But there are times when I don't know what to pray. For example, my father uh, was career army. Uh, he was in World War II, Viet uh, Korea and Vietnam, fought in all three. Um, he came back from uh, the, the, the last wars, I mean, from the Vietnam Wars, and got out of the service, lived in a little town in North Georgia called Elberton, and became a postman. Got a job delivering mail, was in an automobile accident, and was paralyzed from the neck down. Three wars couldn't kill him, but, you know, a, a, an automobile accident paralyzed him from the neck down. And he, they really didn't think he was going to live, but he did eventually lived, and, and they had to teach him... Uh, again, to move as much as he possibly could. Now, my dad, uh, just shortly before he died, he would have been able to walk from here to that back door, but it would have taken him about a half an hour to get there. And he'd have to use a walker or a cane or somebody beside him. But he could make it because he was a fighter. I mean, he was, you know, he says, I'm going to do, I'm going to make it to that door, you know. So he would make all of that. And after he had eventually done that, uh, about a year later, uh, he was only 54 years old, uh, he developed cancer. My dad was a smoker. Uh, he smoked Chesterfield cigarettes when he was overseas. And he smoked a, a lot of them. And he got lung cancer. And they found when they went into his lung, they found out that it had gotten into all the parts of his body. They'd gotten in every part of his body. And eventually, uh, we were actually in Texas at that time in seminary there. And uh, we, were, uh, we got noticed. Dad called and he said, son, uh, they've given me about a year to live. And they don't really think it's going to be a live. We should, a year. Would you come on home? So, so we actually moved back so that we could be closer and be with my dad for the last year uh, of his life and everything. And uh, I, I've kept a journal for probably, well, decades that I've kept a journal. And I, I would pray and I would record my prayers. And I would record my prayers. And, and sometimes the prayer was, Oh God, please heal my daddy. Please make my daddy well. You know, but then a little bit later it would be, Oh Lord, please take my daddy home. He's hurting so bad. You know, will you please take him home? And then a couple of days later, it would say, well, thank you, Lord. He's feeling better now. Thank you. you know, and so uh, anyway, my father eventually um, uh, went on to be with the Lord. My dad uh, uh, was a, raised in the Methodist church. And uh, during the, the years when he was up in Georgia before he had the accident, he taught a Sunday school class. And one day he was over in my uh, office, my study, and he was going through all my books looking for something to teach in his Sunday school class, and he found this book by Herschel Hobbs called The Baptist Faith and Message. And he looked at that, and he said, what's this about? And I said, well, Dad, you can tell. It's, it's, he said, well, let me look. I'm going to take it home. I'm interested. And when he came back, he said, look, I'm going to keep this. Have you got any tapes? And they used to have something called cassette tapes. You know, uh, for those of you that don't know, that's, that's right after 8-tracks. They had, uh, Daddy would, and he listened to Herschel Hobbs preach on that, and my daddy preached Baptist doctrine in a Methodist church for the last three years of his life to a bunch of, he never told them that's what it was, he just, he just preached, so well, anyway, daddy went on to, to, to be, to be in heaven, he died when he was 55, and, 
And, uh, you know, I, I, we had to handle that and deal with that. Well, a few years later, my mother, uh, her mother, my grandmother, got sick. And uh, she was just really doing poorly. And she had the same, you know, cancer had afflicted her and everything. And I somehow ran across my dad's journal. And I'm reading through the journal. And I'm discovering those prayers. Oh, Lord, will you please heal my grandmother? Please, please heal her. And then a couple of days later, oh, Lord, please take Granny home. She's ready. She is ready. And then a couple of days later, Lord, don't listen to me anymore. She's doing well, you know. And, and so what I found was I, I was troubled, you know. And now if I listened to Oral Roberts and Robert Schuller and all of those guys, I would think that God wants everybody to be happy, healthy, wealthy, and wise. But we're Baptists. We know that's just not true, is it? We know that there are many people in the Scripture who suffered for the cause of Christ. We know Paul kept begging to have his thorn in the flesh removed. So we know that it isn't God's will that everybody be healthy here. Now, one day we will all get to heaven and we'll all have healthy bodies. And if I get my wish, everybody will be bald. <laughs> Hold everybody in heaven a bit. But, but God says to us, you know, that look, I want you to pray, but it is often difficult to know what to pray. And I think this is what he's saying right here. Don't be hasty to offer a word before God. You know, there are times when we think we know what's best. Can I get an amen? You know you do, especially if you have grown children. How many times have you ever thought you knew better than they did? Well, four of you did. Uh, it's, it's one of those things. We, we tend to think we know what's best. You know, we read the papers and we know what's best there. We, we know how the politics ought to go. We know how the stock market ought to go. We know what we ought to do to do this. We know how we can fix crime. We know how we can change. We, we have an answer for everything. But most of that is from our limited perspective. We don't have the perspective of the Almighty God. And we don't know if sometimes what God is doing is allowing stuff to happen in order to teach us, in order to refine us, in order to accomplish His purposes in our lives. So we wonder often, how are we to pray? I don't want to be hasty to utter a word before God. Now, the reason this is on my heart and I decided to teach on it is because I don't know anything. Well, that's not true. I don't know a lot about Highland Park Baptist Church. Uh, you know, whenever, Kenny, when you guys, you know, talked to me and said, you want to come? I'm, I'm thinking, well, you know, let me pray about it. And okay, yes. But then, then I'm thinking, I, what do I know? And, and I remember, like I told you, I remember when Bob Nichols was here. I remember, you know, Ed Carney and Ron Dillon and all those. I remember those guys, Michael Atkinson. I remember going to associational meetings with Bob Rivers and I back there. Remember, I, I remember all of those things that we do. But I don't really know what God is doing in your church right now. Now, I know you're going through a transition over pastoral leadership. I know that. And, and I know that Jason is, it has a leadership role here, and John Mark and, and others. But I'm praying, Lord, how do I pray for Highland Park? Do I pray, God, uh, give them 100 new people? Or, uh, God, what do I do? How do I pray for your church? And so I want you to know how I prayed for your church 
hoping, perhaps, that you will pray the same thing with me. Because what I have been praying, I know is the will of God. You're going to say, well, that's a pretty bold statement to make there. How do you know it is the will of God? Well, it's because it comes from the Scripture. If you would, turn over to Ephesians chapter 1. Tonight, we're going to look at one, maybe two, but probably one, of the prayers of the Apostle Paul for the church. That I have no doubt whatsoever that when I am praying what Paul prayed for a church, I know I'm praying the will of God. I don't have to wonder if this is what God wants. Now, I'm going to read it to you the way that I do initially and then show you again how I prayed. Let's begin with verse, uh, verse 15. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15. This is from Paul. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers that, this is where he's praying, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. This is the word of the Lord. Now, here, here is how I have, uh, to some degree, I call it personalizing it, but what I'm doing is I'm getting specific about the prayers. For example, in praying for Highland Park Baptist Church, here's how I would read that text. Because I've heard about the faith in the Lord Jesus and the love towards all the saints that all the people at Highland Park Baptist Church have, because I've heard about that. I know about that. I, I do not cease to give thanks for the church called Highland Park Baptist Church. And I can commit to remembering them in my prayers. And here's what I will pray. I will pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give Highland Park Baptist Church a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him having the eyes of their hearts enlightened so that all of the members of Highland Park Baptist Church may know what is the hope to which he has called them what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards all of us called Highland Park Baptist Church who believe according to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ. Do you see how that works? 
See, what is the reason I know this is the will of God because I know it's in the scripture. And I know that God is praying, see, see that uh, he is instructing us here as to what Paul prayed for the church at Ephesus. I am praying for the church called Highland Park Baptist Church. I'm praying for you. I'm asking that he would give you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. This is about, I'm praying that you will know him. Uh, when Jesus was praying uh, the final prayer, which is tip, really the Lord's Prayer in John 17, when Jesus says, Lord, I, uh, uh, Father, I pray that they would know you, to know you. See, most of us know what people have told us about God. And what, what I'm praying is that you will know about God because you have heard him speak to you from the scriptures. You, you, have, you have discovered the attributes of God. Not because somebody told you, but because you have studied the scriptures and you have heard it. For example, I, I have experienced an amazing, amazing grace of God all of my life. The older I get, the more I'm, I am aware of the fact that I didn't bring anything to God. You know, I, I, I'm just proof of what uh, Vance Havner one time, God can hit straight licks with crooked sticks. Because I was the crookedest stick you've ever seen. Prior to meeting my wife, I was into drugs. I was into alcohol. I, mean, I, was, I was running with all those, the, the wrong people. I was a jerk. You know, I, I, just, I didn't care about anybody but me. And, and the truth be known, I wouldn't have saved me. <laughs> I don't know. So it works when you hold it. Tell you what, if you just stand right there. <laughs> and so that's why Moses led the people into the promised land. <laughs> I don't even remember where I was. Where was I? Uh, wait a minute now. Prayer. Are we talking about prayer tonight? Oh, good. I was looking forward to this. <laughs> yeah, right. Sure. Yeah. It's like that fellow said, listen, you can preach as long as you want to. We leave at noon, but you can preach as long as you want to. Well, I'm continuing. I don't even remember where my train of thought was. I'm one of those guys that when the train leaves the station, if, if I don't, you know, I'll lose it, it's gone. You know, so, um, but anyway, uh, I think God is saying to us, look, I want you to know me. And, and I really think this is one of those things. I, I really don't think that it's just God saying, I hope that all the preachers know me. You know, we, ha we have a doctrine in Baptist life called the priesthood of the believers. Any of you ever heard of that? The priesthood of the believers. And what that means is it means that we can go directly to God. Uh, it, was, uh, it was called that because uh, in, in the Catholic Church, before the Protestant Reformation, you had to go to the priest to, to hear from God, to talk to God, or any of that kind of stuff. But, but Martin Luther and other reformers said, no, listen, you are born again and you are a child of God. 1 John 3, 1, behold what manner of love the Father has given us that we should be called the children of God. And behold, we are the children of God now. That you can come right into the presence of God. But far too many of us just really hope that our preacher knows God. Or we really hope that, you know, somebody else knows, or our Sunday school teacher, or our small group leader. When God says, I want to know you myself. 
And see, when you look back over your experience of God, I know, as I was saying earlier, I, I have experienced the mercy and grace of God all of my life. And the longer I live and the more I reflect, you know, when, we, when I put those old pictures up there of, you know, our wedding and all those kind of things, it's, it's a sweet, sweet memory when I think about my wonderful wife and, and God calling me into ministry and saving me. But I also think about my life when I was living in the world and living under the flesh and, and live, living for the devil. You know, and I, I think about that. And now I don't try to dwell on that because I've been born again. You know, my identity now is in Christ. I, I am in Christ. He is Savior and Lord of my life. And I am in Christ. And I live by that. And I know that. And, but every day I'm more aware. What I do is when I, when I have a, a recollection of something way long time ago, what it does to me is rather than tears me down, it sends me to the foot of the cross and says, I loved you enough, and you are forgiven. You are forgiven. And I keep coming back to that cross. And the truth is, the older I get, the more I go to that cross. Because I go back. The longer I live, the more I'm saying, oh, God, thank you. Well, what I'm doing there is I'm getting to know God the Father. God the Father, who is, who is a just God but is most a merciful, forgiving, patient, and loving God who has a plan for my life. And that's what Paul is praying here. He says, I've heard about your faith. I'm giving thanks for you. I'm asking that God will give you Highland Park Baptist Church, that God will give me Kurt Bradford, that God will give me a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him that I would have the eyes of my heart enlightened. That I would get to know God. That's, that's what uh, so many of us who've been in church for so long, and some of us have, you know, been in church forever, that most of what we know about God are just facts about God. And somehow we think that it, it's impossible to get to know Him. But if you think about it, God the Son went to a lot of trouble to come here to this earth, live on, on this planet, die the death that he died, raise again from the dead, and bring us into his family to show us God. One of his disciples said, Jesus, show us the Father. And he said, Philip, have I been with you this long? And you don't know that when you've seen me, you've seen the Father? And what he's saying here is, do you want to know what God is like? Look at Jesus. This is the God. This is what God is like. When you see Jesus coming to the woman caught in adultery and saying, go and sin no more, where are your accusers? Then neither do I accuse you. Go and sin no more. When you see that mercy... When God does that to women taken in adultery, when God takes a person like me and decides to not only forgive him, but to clean him up and then decide, I think I'll put him in ministry. You know, I heard once a little saying, it's, uh, you may not get this, it takes a minute, but prostitutes make the best nuns. Do you get it? Sometimes people that have really been down and out 
Sometimes people that have really been on their face before God, begging for forgiveness and mercy, sometimes they know God better than those of us who've never experienced that. That's why God often brings people into our congregations that are not like us to show us what he has done. He says, I want God to give you the revelation of him, to open your eyes. I love that word enlightened, that he wants to, op- to open the light to show us here's what God is, is really like. And from the sermon this morning, you, you know that it's possible to have eyes and not be able to see. It's possible to have ears and not be able to hear. And, and Paul and Jesus and all of them are saying, that, uh, God, I'm hoping that you will open the eyes, the eyes of the heart of every member of Highland Park Baptist Church. And I'm asking that you will reveal yourself to them and, and that you will also do, as Paul says, that you will let them know what is the hope to which he has called you. I, I told you this morning, someone asked me to repeat that, and that you are an unceasing spiritual being with an eternal destiny in God's great universe. See, one of the problems we have sometimes is that we remember those words in the hymn, you know, about being such a worm. But we forget the part about being where God calls us sons and daughters. See, you are a child of God. And he's saying to you that he wants you to know the hope that you have. You know, that's, uh, when I watched Dr. Graham's funeral service the other day, I was, I was filled with hope. I really was. Because, you know, even as we get older, sometimes we know, oh, the worst thing that could happen is death. No. The worst thing that could happen is for death to come and you not know Jesus. So that you don't have eternity. We have eternity. You know, Jesus said, whoever believes in me will never die. So the moment you close your eyes in death, you open your eyes in the presence of God. And that's the hope that he said for us. He's also given given us the hope that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love him, to those who are called according to his purpose. You may lose your job. Your marriage may go south. You may be broke. You may have cancer. But God can even use that for his glory and to make you what God can use. God is saying to us that we have hope. You know, one of the things that I think about often is how many people have little hope. Uh, and hope, you're, listen, hope is the belief that something that hasn't happened yet is going to happen. I mean, that's really what it is. Uh, Tim Keller used an illustration that he said, imagine two men working in a factory at a very dirty job, hard, dirty, hours-long job, And you tell one of them that at the end of the year, he's going to give him $15,000. And you tell the other that at the end of the year, you're going to give him $15 million. Which one of them do you think will come to work with a happy attitude? They're doing the same work. Exactly the same work. But one knows that there's only $15K waiting, while the other knows there's $15 million. Saint of God, you have an inheritance Paul talks about here. That inheritance that Jesus the Christ is holding for you. you. You will be eternally with the Father in heaven when this life ends. And so no matter what you face in this life, you know that there is an eternity waiting for you.
that God himself has promised you that you will know. How do you know? In verse 19, he says that you will know what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe. God Almighty has the power of life and death. And when you close your eyes in death, the next thing is to be there with God. There's two things here. One of the things I think we've kind of missed is I read a great book. Uh, you might like this, Jason. It's called The Way of the Dragon or The Way of the Lamb. Pretty, pretty cool book. And basically what it says is we are a power-based culture. You know, and that power rests in things like, uh, like a position or, or, or possession, money, uh, maybe authority, those kind of things, uh, might, strength, all of those kind of things. We just figure that, you know, uh, the stronger the better. And yet when we look at Jesus, what we see there is a man who offered himself for us who is called, not the lion, except in Revelation, but he's called what? The lamb, who offered himself. See, God's power, you remember when Paul prayed and said, Lord, please, he said, I asked three times to have this thorn in the flesh taken away. And God's answer to him was, do you remember it? He said, my power is perfected in weakness. So it is only when we come to God recognizing our absolute weakness, our absolute need of God, where we come to Him and we say, Lord, I need you more than anything in my life. That's when we experience the power of God. That's when we experience the love of God. And the same God that raised Jesus from the dead is the same God that will raise you. He's the same God that will take you to heaven when your life ends here. He's the same God who knows how your stocks are going to go in the next few weeks. He's the same God who knows everything that's going to happen. He's the same God who knows what the doctor is going to tell you a year from now. He knows every bit of that. And he has you in his hand. And he has said there is absolutely no power on earth that will ever separate you from me. And I will see you through. Well, that's what I'm praying for you. That's what I'm praying for you in Ephesians. Now, next week, we're going to look at Philippians. I want to talk about what I'm praying for you in there. So tonight, always am scared whenever I talk on prayer and then I pray. So what I want to do is I want to pray the Lord's Prayer again. That we prayed this morning. Because I know that's His will, Right? as well as Ephesians chapter 1. Pray with me, would you? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Stop a minute there, still praying. I want you to pray, may your kingdom come and may your will be done in Highland Park Baptist Church, would you? May your will, kingdom come. May your will be done in Highland Park Baptist Church. Now I want you to pray for yourself. May your kingdom come and may your will be done in me. May your kingdom come and may your will be done in me. 
as it is in heaven. Give us this day, Lord, our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Thank you. Good night.